Hi everybody, welcome back to SOS, this is episode number 8, coming to you live, oh, not live, excuse me, Grace is pointing number 7, we're not to number 8 yet, to number 7, on a very chilly Thursday evening, January 28th, 2021. Today we're going to talk a little bit of sports, we're actually going to get to it, it's not going to be just a uh, charade and a fiasco of my shower experiences in northern Michigan, <clears throat> so for those of you that are interested and you come to this podcast for fighting and sports news, we're going to do a little bit of that today. For those of you who hate sports and just know me in real life and would like to listen to me talk about things that aren't related to those things, uh, Grace is here with us today, my sister, and she's going to be on the mic and she has a list of current events and all kinds of fun things that I don't know what's on the list. And I'm going to talk about them, comment, give my opinion, and uh, if I do it right, probably upset some people. So that's how we do it. We're on the warpath. We're on the warpath today. But uh but yeah, I went back to the dentist today. I feel like I tell a lot of dentist stories on this podcast. I, I swear I don't go to the, the dentist. Yeah, I swear I don't go to the dentist like every two weeks, but it seems like since we've started this I've been just constantly having people put their hands in my mouth for a large variety of reasons. But I went into the dentist today and I went in to pick up my bite splint because I have uh a, a grinding problem. And apparently, I have a lot of uh, very violent, intense dreams, and I uh, clench, and I grind. And like I said in a previous pod, whatever number it was, when I went in, they were like, wow, you have like the teeth of a 45-year-old man. Like, you are really, really getting after it. And they're like, do you grind your teeth? And I'm thinking back into my life, and I'm like, well, yeah, every time I lift the weights, like, my jaw hurts when I'm done, so that probably contributes. And sometimes I wake up in the morning and my teeth hurt, so yeah, probably that too. So I've got my bite split now, but I went in and uh, I go into the back and the lady, you know, she walks me back there and, and she's like, we're going to be in this room today. And she's like, you can put your mask down now that we're back here. And, and so I sit down in the chair, the cleaning chair, and she brings me my bite splint, little mouth guard thing. And she's talking me through it. And as I'm there, I'm like, man, are they going to like do more stuff to my mouth? Which sounds weird when I say it, but it's what, what I was thinking. And, uh, it's like this 45 second conversation and I'm sitting down and she's like, if I'm sitting facing a wall, she's over my right shoulder, handing things over my shoulder to me, explaining things while I'm looking over my shoulder at her. That's always so awkward. Yeah. Yeah. The awkward dentist talk. And it took like maybe a minute with her explaining things to me. And then she's like, all right, and we're done. And then I was like, so why I couldn't stand <laughs> up to have this done? Like she, she wanted me to sit in the chair and we had to have that very strange dentist dentist patient relationship like attorney client relationship a dentist dentist patient relationship just weird it was a weird ordeal but i was happily surprised that apparently um, my bite splint i paid for on the uh last what do we say appointment i was expecting it to be like 300 bucks but it was not that so happy days Good. wins all around and i didn't eat fast food today it's a big day for me that's a big day for both of us i didn't eat it either <laughs> i know it's a really big day i did have hot dogs had some uh homemade general chicken Mm, oh, I had an oatmeal cream pie. Only one. So you guys ate what, like a dozen? There was a dozen in the box. You guys I didn't just crushed even know those. We had them. Jude like. Did Jude eat like eight <laughs> oatmeal cream pies? Are you impressed by that? No, I'm just saying we were up in the living room and we had just eaten dinner and like 25 minutes later, Jude shows up on the couch with like three hot dogs as we're watching Iron Man two, and I just kind of like. Uh, and and here's here's the conundrum that I have. I probably would have done the same thing, and yet I made fun of him for it. <laughs> 
Like when you guys were gone in Florida, it would be Dad and I watching that Falling Skies show, and I would just be like, "Oh, look, a, a bag of chips gone." Be like, "Oh, yeah. look at um, Totino's pizza rolls gone." Be like, "Oh, look at anything, anything that sounds remotely good." It's just nom 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 nom. It's just yeah. me being like Cookie Monster on the couch, and I like half fall asleep, covered in crumbs, and then I'm like, like I do like the the fall asleep, and then like like jerk. Yeah. Like what? There's a phrase for that. What, I'm trying to think what that's called. There's you an mean actual the thing when you're falling asleep. Yeah, and like you feel like you're falling and like your leg jerks or you. I like... couldn't tell you, but I know what you're talking about. Oh my gosh. That's the worst. Yeah. All I know is that we got back and you were like, I ate out like 13 times, and I was like, we were gone for like four days. Well, was how many meals in a day? <laughs> how many meals in a day? I was kind yeah. of impressed. Well, the worst part of the falling asleep jerk thing is when there are other people around, mm. because. You have to play it off like it didn't happen, but everyone knows it happened, including you. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Everyone knows. And it, like, means something, but I can't remember. Like, yeah. I feel like people used to tell me it meant that, like, you're really tired. Uh, maybe. I just remember that Mr. Ballard, my psych teacher, he... Yeah. I think it had something to do with, like, the first stage of sleep. Like, there's, well, like, the first, second, and then, like, REM sleep. Or mm-hmm. It's been a while since I was in high school, AP psychology. You took or, that AP? AP, I did, yeah. Yeah, I. And then uh, none of the APs transferred to. Uh, not only did none of them transfer, <laughs> I did not get a high enough score sent to the AP test to get college credit. But that's a different story. Um, I spent most of those classes with uh, Niz and uh, Ty Wildmo, gambling, like pushing desks together, playing poker, and having Anthony sleep deal for us. I was gonna say, so it was just you bonding with like twenty people for yeah. a full year. The name of the class was Get Mr. Ballard, who I love and is like one of my favorite teachers to this day, to like get on a tangent about something unrelated to psychology for as long as you possibly could and then like mention a YouTube video or like find a way <laughs> to tie it into a YouTube video and he would like watch it and then he would remember another youtube video and be like oh have you guys seen this and it would just be like 45 minutes of an hour-long class of him going on about that telling stories about his buddies getting in bar fights and accidentally wheel kicking some dude's girlfriend mm-hmm. there was this guy named ed i remember that because it was this other dude dan fletcher that i graduated with he would be in the corner being like ed and then <laughs> and then he would like literally he would say it just like that and then mr ballard would like kind of have the smirk on his face and he would tell an ed story where ed would usually like get in a fight with somebody and that was AP Psych. And yeah. I think I got a two out of like six on that AP test. <laughs> so I remember going to LCC and having, you know, my little high school transcript stuff and being like, so is any of this transfer? And they were like, well, first of all, no. And second of all, for you, definitely no. <laughs> I was like, okay, looks like we're uh, taking English as a second language <laughs> freshman that's year. the first time we were humbled by LCC. Yeah, LCC really, uh, really gets you. But. It really does. But anywho, all right, well, we're going to delve into some sports. We're also going to leave a timestamp in the description for those of us, like I said, who are not interested in fighting or football news, things like that. So check the description for where that is if you're interested in more dumb, gossipy, goofy, opinionated things. And uh, we'll hop right to. So obviously coming off of conference championship weekend and UFC 257, did not give uh, my insight into those on the previous show. But I guess we will start, I'll just give a brief uh, discussion of the championship games. So first of all, two out of the three bets that I locked in as the sure things um, hit. First of all was the over in the Bucks packers game. Turns out there wasn't a ton of defense being played in that. I uh, got a lot of weapons on either side of the ball. Uh, the second one was for KC to cover at home. I believe it was plus, or excuse me, minus three and a half. 
and obviously they they covered that and convincingly beat the Bills. Uh, Green Bay did not come through for me. Uh, the Green Bay defense was was lacking to say the least. Even though Devontae and Robert Tunyon and and even Aaron had very impressive games statistically across the board. So I guess that makes me what like five for six in the last two weeks. So my gambling knowledge gambling expertise really showing through not in my own life the bets that i actually make whether it be with cards or dice or anything really don't really seem to pan out but i'm here for you i'm here for the listener and i want you guys to uh invest large sums of money in my own predictions that i usually end up betting against so that's what we're here for um moving over to ufc 257 Obviously, the two primary fights in that were the co-main and the main. Uh, we'll begin with Michael Chandler and Dan Hooker. Um, I really wasn't sure, like I said in predicting this, I really wasn't sure where this was going to go. It's always weird when somebody from outside the company who's had a lot of success comes into the UFC because you're never really sure how they're going to translate. There are a lot of Bellator and 1FC guys who are studs, guys and gals for that matter, who are studs and have a lot of success, but even for the purists who, you know, kind of hate on the UFC and Dana and and believe that all of the prime talent isn't in the UFC, which is partially true, the standard of competition in the UFC really is, uh, you know, a significant step above most of the other promotions. Not to say that they don't have great fighters, but in a general sense, lumping the talent pool together from the UFC against the other promotions, I think it's pretty clear that the UFC is the majors and a lot of those promotions are the minors with some dudes who can compete in the majors who tend to mop up a lot of competition. So with Michael Chandler, I really wasn't sure what I was going to get. Dan Hooker is a terrible matchup for him. A long, lanky guy, great elbows, great knees. Is really difficult to take down. You know, Dan Hooker's great at not getting put on his back and allowing guys to just control him on the ground. So I wasn't sure how this was going to go. And my goodness, Michael Chandler clearly made the point that he belongs in the UFC. You know, Dan was really struggling with the leg kicks. Michael Chandler was really being aggressive he was able to get inside it didn't need to use his wrestling clearly um and you could see just the aggression and the speed that michael chandler fought with and the pressure that he put on really seemed to bother dan hooker and eventually set up and caught him with that left hand and bink right on the chin and that was it that was all she wrote so michael chandler is clearly one of the top lightweights in the world which I know that the rowdy hardcore Bellator fans have been saying that for years now, but I think it's been cemented. He's clearly a top five lightweight in the world, in my opinion, and we'll get into it a little bit later as to how I think the lightweight division is going to pan out. But uh, I think that he's maybe not quite yet in line for a title shot, but I think he's at least a win away. So congratulations to those boys. Uh, it sucks for Dan Hooker that he has to stay on Fight Island for as long as he does to be away from his daughter with the quarantine procedures. I mean, to make the trip to Abu Dhabi, to go through all of the procedures, the pre-fight quarantine, the, you know, being stuck in a hotel, to make the walk on one of the biggest pay-per-views of the year, being a Connor fight, and then to get knocked out in the first round like that. I mean, my heart goes out to the guy. He's had, had some difficulties. I mean, had that great fight against Poirier, and Poirier obviously showed how tough he is 
in the main event, but had the the war against Poirier that he fought, lost there, coming into this one with Michael Chandler, gets knocked out. It's uh, it's going to be a, a long way to the top for Dan Hooker. And I'm a Hooker fan. I'm rooting for him, but we'll have to see. Only time will tell what direction he's going to go, what his next matchup's going to be. And uh, rooting for him and pretty much all those city kickboxing guys. But uh, transition to the main event clearly is the reason why probably everybody bought this pay-per-view. Uh, really, <laughs> the pay-per-view itself was pretty slow. There wasn't a whole lot of action going on up until the, the co-man in the main. Which, I guess, if there is a part of a pay-per-view that you want to deliver, it's going to be the headliners that everybody's paying to see. So, I said last week that having Dustin as a 2-1 to dog was probably too juicy of a bet to pass up. Now, my reasoning, I think, is is shifted, obviously, hindsight 2020. But a guy that is as good as he is as a 2-1 to dog against anybody in the world not named Khabib, I think, is is too much. It, it's just too sweet of a deal. Now, I did predict that Conor was going to win the fight, and I think that a lot of people did. But sometimes you got to just put your money on a guy who is just being greatly, greatly undervalued by the odds makers. Now... Connor. He just looked to me to not fully mentally be there. You know, in a lot of Connor's fights, it's just there's so much electricity, so much energy, so much buzz, not only around him, but just like in the arena. I mean, when he made the walk against Cowboy, against Khabib, against Diaz, I mean, anybody, anytime in the past. I don't know, eight to ten fights that he's had, it's pretty much like whenever he's in the building, there's an electricity that's palpable. And, and I feel it like through the TV, so I can only imagine being there in person. Obviously not having the crowd, I would say, definitely plays to, to Dustin Poirier's hand, and that's not the only reason why Connor didn't win the fight, but he looked slow to me. He looked, I, I can't say lazy, but... The fact that Dustin was able to be as successful with the calf kicks as he was, it almost just said to me that Connor didn't prep for it. He either didn't prep for it or he just was perhaps had a certain level of arrogance about him to where he felt he'll just walk through the calf kicks and eventually knock Dustin out, hopefully sooner rather than later. But it just didn't seem like the Connor that I think most of us are accustomed to seeing. He looked very slow in my opinion. He wasn't fighting nearly as aggressively as I'm used to. I mean, the Eddie Alvarez fight is obviously regarded as essentially peak Connor, but I mean, in that fight, he walked Eddie down for most of that fight, and Eddie was on his back foot the whole time, and Connor's just waiting to just land that straight left, which he connected with with Dustin, and I think that partially, part of his issue was that he, when he landed that left, it didn't put Dustin to sleep. Now, <clears throat> excuse me. When that's your main nuke, when that's your your primary weapon and that's going to put dudes to sleep, I could imagine that it would be disheartening for it not to be the kill shot. But Dustin even said after the fight, the left hand that he landed flushly on, or on Dustin's chin hurt him. And you can see it in the replay. It stuns him. It doesn't put him on his butt, but it stuns him. And Connor didn't take advantage in the same way and didn't keep up the pressure. And then there's the exchange where Dustin kind of does the smile and the Nate Diaz point and the kind of laugh at him. And it just, Connor didn't fight with the attitude that everyone's used to him fighting with. Which, 
I think that Dana said it best in the in the press conference. It's kind of like Rocky Three to me. He has so much wealth. He has so much notoriety. He has so much. Just has he has everything that he could want. His wife's pregnant. He's got two other kids. Came on to Fight Island on a yacht, wearing parachute pants, five thousand dollars sunglasses, diamond encrusted watches. Everybody loves him. He's world renowned. He's the most popular, in my opinion, probably the most popular combat sports athlete on the planet. You have everything. You have everything that you could want, everything you could need. And you have a dude in Dustin Poirier who definitely is getting the renown that I think he's deserved for a number of years now, especially after not or beating Connor. But he's a hungry dude. I mean, Dustin's a dog. He's an absolute raging Cajun down on the bayou, Louisiana dog. And those guys are never, ever satisfied. I, I think that Dustin Poirier, you could roll him out of bed 30 years from now, and he would be pissed off and ready to go and fight somebody in a cage. Now, I, I don't know if Connor is there anymore. I think that it's just, it's got to be hard to get out of bed at 4 o'clock in the morning and go run and to train with assassins that are trying to take your head off when you have everything you could ever want. You know, you can be as competitive as you want to be. You can want to win, but there's a difference between wanting to win and needing to win in order to eat. I mean, he, at his peak, when he was really chasing greatness and setting the world on fire, I mean, he had the hunger of a lion that hadn't eaten in a week. And in a literal sense, now he's a lion that eats filet mignon every day. It's just different. It's not the same beast. So we'll see where he goes from here. And I think it's entirely up to him. It's a mental thing. If he is completely and totally invested into making a comeback, I firmly believe that he can do that. But it's a matter of whether or not he wants to do that. He's been double champ. He's got tons of money. He's got a great revenue stream with his whiskey. I mean, every time he fights, it's like, a, I mean, <laughs> close to $10 million paycheck. He got $3 million to show in this fight. Plus, he gets pay-per-view kickbacks, too. I mean, just raking in cash. Has, has money that he probably doesn't even know what to do with. What, you're going to buy another Bentley? Buy another $50,000 Rolex? I mean, whatever it is that you want to do. So, I think it's up to him. I think it's entirely up to him. He probably needs a Apollo Creed to take him to some gym in Los Angeles and race on the beach and stuff. I think that's really what he needs. So, maybe he should call up Carl Weathers and see what he's doing. But uh, to Dustin, congratulations to him. Huge spot. Dustin, Dustin, it was like, Dustin was the antithesis of Connor in that fight. It really was just complete role reversal from their original fight in 2014. Dustin looked relaxed, he looked confident, he looked ready to roll, and he's been fighting. Obviously, Connor took a year off, but Dustin just looked like he knew what he was about and he was just going to go take it from Connor. Not because he was pissed, not because he was emotional, but just because he knew what he had to do to win. He felt like he was absolutely going to do it, and he did it. Connor didn't have an answer. It was calf kick, calf kick, and then as Connor kind of got tired and I think a little bit discouraged that Dustin wasn't going to sleep, it looked to me that basically when Connor got knocked out at the end, that he was ready. He was ready to be done. Just kind of didn't want to be there anymore, looking for an out. He took a took a obviously the big right hand from Dustin, put him on the ground as it would almost anybody, but there wasn't any urgency. It was just Connor kind of laying against the fence and trying to do a little bit of head movement and slowly bobbing and and then once he got hit with a shot, he just kind of you know laid there, just laying aside. Get hit a couple more times. Herb Dean pushes Dustin off, and this is over. Then you get made into a meme. 
So congratulations to Dustin. Thank anybody to put money on Dustin. Congratulations to you for getting two and a half to one. If you put money on Dustin to finish, then big time congratulations to you. And uh, I think that clearly to me at this point, Dustin has locked up an opportunity to fight for what I firmly t believe to be the vacant belt at lightweight. I, I don't see a world where Khabib wants to come back. It doesn't make any sense to me that he would want to. I mean, who, who's he going to fight? Oliveira? May, I mean, maybe he could fight Oliveira. If, if Oliveira tears through the division and keeps breaking people's arms over and over again and Khabib wants to come back and do a grappling match for everything, then cool. But as it stands right now, who's he going to fight? Already beat Dustin. Already beat Connor. Already beat Gaethje. I mean, maybe he wants to take a crack at Chandler if Chandler wins the belt or something like that. But there's just no incentive. He's got all the money in the world. His mom doesn't want him to fight anymore. He's world famous, regarded as the greatest lightweight of all time. What what else do you want to do? You want to keep wrestling grizzly bears? You want to keep rolling around with Dagestani grappling champions forever? I mean, it, there's nothing wrong with him just riding off into the sunset. He beat the game. Never lost 29-0. Beat a bunch of killers. Not only beat killers, but ragdolled them, dominated them is clearly the undisputed baddest 155 or not only on the planet but ever to do it so i think that now the division has to move forward and i would expect within the next couple weeks that it's going to be made official i think that dane is eventually going to have to come to terms with the fact that khabib ain't coming back so i think that it's going to end up being in my opinion clearly dustin poirier is locked into fighting for the vacant belt and if it were up to me which it's not but if it were up to me, I would line up Chandler and Oliveira to fight for the second spot. I think it's a little bit premature to give it to Gaethje, given that Gaethje lost in the way that he did to the, or excuse me, to Khabib. Not that Gaethje isn't a stud, but it's always weird to me to come off of a loss in the title fight and then immediately get the next shot with the vacant title belt. It's, it doesn't make sense to me. I mean, like like what happened with Reyes and Jan, I mean, I, I get it, I guess, because at least that was an extremely close fight that Reyes lost to John. But it, it was it was not a close title fight with Gaethje and Khabib, obviously. I mean, the first round was, uh, you know, kind of competitive and, and interesting, but once Khabib did what he does and just gets inside on people, it was, it was ball game real quick. So i would love to see moving forward obviously Oliveira and chandler fights as the title fight eliminator and then the winner of that fights poirier in the meantime i would really enjoy seeing either connor tony or connor gaichi uh given i mean that's whether or not connor really wants to come back um i mean we've already seen gaichi and tony Perhaps, I mean, RDA's been on a winning streak, so maybe you could see like a, a Tony RDA or a Gaethje RDA. And th there's a lot of options. And it's, a, it's a fun time to be a, a fan of the lightweight division. It's just loaded. I mean, in my opinion, it's, it's the deepest division in mixed martial arts across any company. So it'll be a fun time. And uh, we'll see what happens moving forward. But if I were Dana White, it would be we're going to let Dustin Poirier do his rest. We're going to set up mm, maybe in... April or May, we'll do the fight with Oliveira and Chandler. I think Chandler's chomping at the bit. Obviously, it didn't take a whole lot of damage in the fight against Hooker. Oliveira's ready to go, set that up, and then let's uh, hurry up and get this lightweight belt uh, back on somebody's waist. Uh, we'll get over to a little bit of news here. So, 
in the middleweight division, they are setting up, and it looks like it's basically a, or excuse me, a done deal for two uh, big fights in the absence of Adesanya. So first of all, on April 10th, uh, MMA News says that uh, Marvin Vittori and Darren Till is essentially a done deal. Uh, for the undisputed European crown, quote, I believe that's what Darren Till has been calling it. That should be a fun fight. That should be a great time. Uh, Vittoria looks obviously great against Jack Hermanson. Uh, Darren Till is coming off of a, a very close loss to Whitaker, who I believe is the clear second best guy in the division behind Adesanya. So that should be a fun one. That should be a brawl. That should be a great time. I hope that, I mean, it's it's a definite long shot, but it'd be cool if they could do it in London and if they could get some uh, some European fans in there for the quote undisputed European crown. It won't happen, but it'd be fun. It's a pipe dream. But uh, obviously, we're going to have to see the health of Darren Till's knee. I believe, I could be wrong in this, but I believe he sustained a bit of an injury against Whitaker when they fought. Um, we'll see where the, whether or not his knee's compromised in that fight, but it should be fun. I mean, the Whitaker-Till fight is extremely technical. Obviously, Marvin Matori is known for loving to mix it up. Darren Till is an extremely effective counterpuncher, so that should be a blast. And then the weekend after that, April 17th, also a fight night, uh, Whitaker and Paulo Costa, which should be fireworks. I mean, that should be uh, an absolute blast. And I believe what Dana is going to be setting up, obviously having the, the fights as close as they are, is whoever the winners of those two fights are going to be will fight for the vacant belts, assuming that Adesanya stays at light heavyweight, which maybe he will, maybe he won't. And obviously that also depends on whether or not he beats Jan to do the champ champ thing. But uh, some fun stuff, some fun stuff in the works. That division obviously has a lot of studs and I think needs to be moving forward. I, those are the fights, in my opinion, that needed to be made. Uh, and we'll have further breakdown on that moving forward. I'm really excited to see old Bobby Knox get back in there. I really love Robert Whitaker. He's one of my favorite guys to watch. Obviously coming off the win against Till and Cannoneer, um, I, think, I think the pressure that Costa puts on is going to really be fun. It's... Both of those fights, I'm very, very excited for. Those should be fantastic main events. But uh, anywho, we will move on now to our uh, current eventy spot. So uh, oh, if you, if you're here for it, yeah. Okay. What time we got, Grace? What's our timestamp going to be? Twenty six thirty five. Twenty six thirty five. All right. So here we go. We'll uh, get our current events rolling. We'll leave that in the notes for you guys. And uh, here comes our current event fastballs. What do you got for me, Grace? What's the first one? What I'm trying to Google right now, isn't Michigan supposed to be opening in the next few days? Like yeah, kind of? yeah, February 1st. February 1st, um, restaurants are opening back up at like 25% capacity. So you'll be back so to work. I'll be back to work. Hopefully. I'll be serving up hot pasta and other Italian specials. I'm ready, dude. I want the chicken brian. You want the chicken brian? I think about mm. that meal all the time. I want a fettuccine caraba. Extra peas, no mushrooms, extra alfredo. Yeah. That's what I want. You're worth it. I want that. Yeah. You can get it. All right, let's do a spicy one. Spicy. What are your thoughts on bigger conservative people such as Steven Crowder or Candace Owens suing different companies such as Big Tech or Facebook? over um, censorship well i guess as far as the specifics go you'd have to know really what they're suing over i mean censorship in a broad sense you know i believe the section 230 gives those tech companies the ability to censor or moderate any content that they deem to be 
I believe the quote's like obscene or something like that. It's, it's a very vague term. And I'm on the fence about this issue myself. I There's a part of me that is all about their private companies and they should be able to do what they want with on their platforms. But there's also the obvious other side of that coin where, you know, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, all those different very large platforms are the gateway to the public forum. It's the, it's the thing that if, if you want to connect with the world, if you want to connect with public figures, etc., that's really the only way to effectively do that outside of having your own website, podcast, what have you. So I understand that there definitely is bias against conservative commentators on sites like YouTube, on Twitter, on, you know, what have you. Um, but I personally don't even know where I stand. I don't really know where I stand yet on the discussion of whether or not they should be regulated and they should become basically government entities in the same way that the MLB is regulated by uh, the government. They, when you really look at it, they are effectively tech monopolies. Um, YouTube is essentially the only real mainstream big time provider of videos in that you can just post it up there and millions of people can see it. And they're obviously owned by Google, who is the search engine that essentially the world uses to find their information. So there's just a huge consolidation of power of information, which I think in, in any other realm would be almost a no brainer to be broken up and regarded as a monopoly. But the libertarian in me, it's, it's hard for me to say like, yes, the Senate should go in there and determine how you conduct your business because I don't know. I, I believe in freedom of association. I think that you should be able to have on your platform, whoever it is that you want for basically whatever reason. And if you don't want them to be on there for something that they said or that they did, even if it is protected under the first amendment, I, a part of me just believes that, okay, that's, that's your baby. That's your thing. In the same way that if somebody said something in your house that you were upset with, you could ask them to leave, mm -hmm. even if it's protected under the First Amendment. So, I don't know. It's, I don't really know. I understand both arguments, but I've, I've been thinking about it for like literally several years now, and I don't really know what the solution is. So, yeah. there's my super crazy hot take on that. How about all the fact checkers that pop up, pop up like on Facebook <laughs> or all yeah, that? Fact checkers. That's so much fun. Well, That's what Candace Owens. Candace Owens is going after. Does the fact checkers? Yeah. Well, I mean, I think the fact checking for a large part is a joke when you see the way that it's applied. I'm all about fact checking, but when you see that, and again, my feeds are primarily people who are right leaning and libertarian, but I never see posts about like ridiculous, crazy Marxist things that have like fact checkers on it. Like there, yeah. there's never that. It's, it's mm -hmm. never like far left tweets or posts or whatever that have like and well actually technically here's this for context it's never there it's like when somebody makes a comment about like uh the nra like being like all about guns or trump or, or whatever and again i'm not against providing or trying to provide accurate information it's just that that really in my opinion in my experience really just tends to slant one way and there's obviously an issue with that and uh so yeah i get it and the fact now that the fact checkers at like the Washington Post and I don't really know if they're doing as much on Facebook, but Instagram a lot a of, one. yeah, well, yeah. a lot of the quote mainstream media outlets who are supposed to be these bastions of free speech and truth are now like essentially saying, well, Biden's like trustworthy. So we're really not going to fact check him very much as opposed to Trump, who obviously does say a lot of ridiculous things mm -hmm. and 
fibs and and i'm not here to defend that but it's like well he's our normalcy person and he's just it's like the obama biden hope and change platform and we can just trust them because yeah they like diversity or like whatever it is and i that's that's an issue for me it shouldn't just be that fox news fact checks biden and cnn and msnbc and wapo and new york times also fact check trump it should be everybody tries to fact check everybody because we want to get to the bottom of what the truth is we want to we don't want to be spreading disinformation we don't want one side to be like the election was rigged and stolen and then the other side to be like well there was absolutely zero voter fraud because both of those statements are false like there's there's a a medium middle ground there Mm -hmm. that a lot of rational people understand but that's never the narrative yeah and then obviously like i said previously the issue is is that anytime somebody says there's any sort of voter like like one like like point zero zero one percent voter fraud where like some dude of his own volition stole a hundred ballots and changed them all to like Joe Biden votes. Like that exists sometimes. It doesn't mean yeah. it was a coordinated thing, but like that by definition is voter fraud. But there was a time and it might still be the case where like on Facebook or Twitter or any of those platforms, if you even alluded to the fact that there was any sort of voter fraud in the election, it was just immediately like flagged or fact checked or like uh voter what I'm trying to think what is it? Like the voter um safety commission, whatever, like voting information, like they always have like the link under to it so like the real news kind of yeah and that's what i was saying like anytime for several months now you mentioned anything having to do with like covid or mm-hmm. the election that thing would pop up on the bottom of mm-hmm. your post that's like this is the real information yeah which the only thing that does is piss people off yeah absolutely yeah it's not like imagine if yeah. i was conversing with you or like not even that imagine if i heard you conversing with someone like i don't know across a restaurant or something like that and i heard you say something that i thought lacked context and i was like well, actually, here's the thing. Yeah. This is the real information. And, like, I, I get that, you know, obviously that's a bit of a, a false distinction to draw. But I don't know. I think it's silly. If I ran a, a social media platform, I would adhere to, essentially, if it's protected under the First Amendment, then it's fine. For sure. And that's really what it is. As long as you're not, like, actively inciting violence, like, literally calling for people to do violence. Like, I want you to go and hurt this person or, um, like, child pornography, things like that. Anything that aren't those obvious things that you can't and shouldn't say. Harming. Yeah. Then I'd be like, okay, fine. For sure. I'm it, all about that free speech. Yeah. If, if you believe that everybody should make $40,000 a year and the government should get the rest of the excess and to redistribute it to everybody and be a nut job, go for it. If you think that we should all bury silos of tortilla chips in our backyards and stock up on gas and 556 five, rounds and wait for the end of the world, okay, cool. Do that. Yeah. I don't. I really don't care. It doesn't, yeah. doesn't bother me. So, so yeah. Yeah, I my, think that's something that's been very lost. Is that it's okay to have difference of opinion. It's totally fine to have difference of opinion. Yeah. And I have ton, Like I have friends that are old school, hardcore, like, um, like Reaganist, Republican values type people. I've got Trumpian friends. I've got like neocon Ben Shapiro esque friends. I've got libertarian friends i've got friends that are all about bernie sanders wealth redistribution stuff like i've got people all over the political spectrum mm-hmm. and the fact of the matter is, is that we're all cool like sometimes we'll kind of needle each other and poke fun but it's fine yeah. i'm not obsessed with fact checking them all the time and constantly getting into arguments and being like you're trying to undermine our democracy or like whatever yeah. kind of thing it, like it's not no it, it, it's never been the case for me nor will it ever be the case and uh frankly i just think that social media and the dissociation of human interaction through social media 
just allows people to just be yeah. garbage, garbage human beings. Well, that's what's so. really interesting, especially about the past year and having to do with COVID. When I talk to people about it, obviously everyone has a variety of opinions, mm -hmm. but the one thing that, you know, you can almost always agree with someone on is that if it wasn't for the media, this would not be what it is. You yeah, know, it completely blew it out of proportion. Yeah, well, I think beyond just like traditional cable news, ABC, NBC kind of stuff, I mean, social media exasperates or exacerbates. That's yeah. right, word, exacerbates. I mean, everything to like the millionth degree. For sure. I mean, it's just everybody's bored, everybody's stuck at home, everybody's scrolling, and like you just are looking for something to do. And often enough, and I've definitely fallen victim to this too, where you're just bored. And somebody yeah. says something that you think is dumb and you're like, hey, that's dumb. And then they're like, I hate you. And like, you just kind of have this like bicker sure. fest, trolley kind of thing. And it's just stupid. Yeah. It's just absolutely someone stupid. you're never going to meet. Yeah. Or see, it's it's so. someone that like you kind of like knew in high school or that you like <laughs> met at a party once and became Facebook friends for life or like whatever. It's not like your like best friends or like your mom or something like that. It's not like any of those people. No. It's just like some dude. Mm -hmm. And it's a faceless person that you will like probably never see again and you can just be awful to them yeah so probably at the end of the day just don't be on social media which i won't ever do but like don't be on social media yeah well i think i get why people like social media because it's a way for everyone to feel like they have a voice and you can put your thoughts and feelings out into the world and feel heard yeah but i mean shout it from the rooftop basically but it's if you think about it it does very little good for anyone yeah like yeah. you can communicate with like your aunt in texas yeah. and that's like the best i remember <laughs> i remember when i was in when the arab spring popped up i guess which would have been like 2011 2012 when there were all the different revolutions happening in north africa and the middle east that was like the the big selling point was like look at like they're going to topple all these autocratic evil regimes and dictators and they're going to implement democracy through the use of twitter oh boy. and then that i mean it kind of happened that way but then twitter also was like hey you know what we like doing right making money so what we're going to do is we're going to go to pakistan and we're going to help them find political dissidents and people who like post things about not liking uh islam and stuff so the pakistani government can track them down and throw them in prison and we're like whoa yeah maybe don't do that jack dorsey but like you know or excuse me that was that was facebook not twitter i apologize jack dorsey, oh, facebook, but, yeah but yeah well what's funny is the evolution of twitter because i remember like when you were in high it used to school, just be like a funny thing i know yeah you just like tweet it's jokes just, like celebrities being angry well, and that's and the like... problem too twitter is college kids and like famous people yeah but and and companies every... look to it like mm -hmm. oh well, this is actually what the world believes i know but it's just morons and more morons yelling yeah. at each other about being morons but it's like reflected as the entire nation's opinion i think it's something like there's like two or three percent of americans have a twitter account like that's no literally, that's i literally. know no one with a twitter account yeah I don't have a Twitter account. I had one in high school, and I had it hooked up to my high school email, so I can't recover it. <laughs> that was what it was. That was all it was. And your tweets used to slap. I did have some slapping tweets. Back when it was just, like, all about just making funny jokes. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. It was just about Vanessa Carlton. Yeah. And your old white Buick. Yeah, old Betty White. <laughs> well, yeah, what's our next one? What do we got? What's your next topic? Um. Well, you kind of already got into it, but any thoughts on the $15 minimum wage that is trying to be passed through? Oh, jeez. Um... <laughs> as no bueno well <laughs> i've traditionally been against the raising of the minimum wage to 15 dollars in large part because i don't really see a stop to it like yeah. one of the one of the main reasons for where i see a lot of people advocating for the 15 dollar minimum wage is that it's quote 
like a living wage. Now, obviously that in certain areas is living wage and some places it's not, but if you're going to raise the minimum wage to $15, the primary people that you hurt are everything not called Walmart and Amazon. Oh yeah. Like absolutely. that's really what it is. They're obviously we live in a small town. Small businesses are already hurting a lot due to the COVID stuff, but there are so many different mom and pop shops that really have these very thin profit margins that, you know, have a very meager profit that they turn at the end of the year and you increasing their wages that they have to pay out to employees by in a lot of cases i mean in michigan the minimum wage is i think 975 is that what it is right now 950 uh, it may have been raised i thought it was 945 but i'm not sure okay so like roughly 950 if you make them pay an additional five dollars and fifty cents to each one of their employees what's going to happen is they're just going to have less employees and have them work less hours it's not yeah. a matter of them suddenly just finding more money and pulling it out of their Scrooge McDuck hoard that they keep in the back pantry and that they have to give out to their employees. Sure. It's just going to either drive their company out of business or it's going to reduce the hours or remove the job in the long run of the person that you're trying to help through raising this yeah. wage. And for all, I mean, obviously the $15 minimum wage is usually regarded for people who are left of center, who don't like Jeff Bezos, who don't like the Walton family, who don't like these billionaires, all this consolidation of wealth. But that's the only that's why those companies advocate for these things that's why they're like yes you're right we should fight for the 15. Mm -hmm. it's because it puts out all of their smaller competition and it raises the the bar for entering the market yeah like oh you want to open up a grocery store you got to pay everybody 15 bucks an hour mm -hmm. even if they're really not worth that in what they produce you yeah. have to do it it's this artificially created i guess bar that you have to you have to create so it, in my opinion it hurts small business i think it hurts a lot of the people that you're attempting to help and it just further triggers to the consolidation of wealth at the top, which is usually something that people that advocate for the $15 minimum wage tend to be like vehemently against. So, yeah. Yeah. That's me. I totally agree. I think it's really hurting small businesses and like even in our town, the amount of businesses that have gone under or mm -hmm. places that are like putting stuff out on Facebook, like it's a matter of weeks now, yeah. you know, like come in so and enjoy it while you can, yeah. and, you know, it's heartbreaking, but yeah think. well like when we were in the up um i mean obviously this is more so due to covid than it is to like minimum wage increases but like every single town that you would drive through depends on the like tourism up there it, yeah. in the summer it's people you know going to the up to visit the lake and like rent a little cabin or something like that and you go to the grocery stores and the gas stations and you eat out and that's what gets them through it's twice a year it's in the summers and it's for snowmobilers and people that want to like snowboard and ski in the winter and obviously the summer, they pretty much couldn't do that for the summer tourism. And they can't do it right now because the state's locked down for the restaurants. So like basically every restaurant is like a closed close with a for sale sign on it. Yeah. They have gas stations that are open and like a church. Mm -hmm. I mean, and they're pretty much just ghost towns. Like there's, you can't have an economy in the UP or in a lot of those Northern Michigan towns without the tourism and without travelers going to and fro that are going to eat at your restaurants they're going to fill up at your tanks they're going to stay at your little hotel or whatever it is so just adding more restrictions onto your hiring practices and your wages just makes it that much harder for anyone yeah. that isn't a multi-billion dollar conglomerate to survive in for sure so yeah anyway sorry kind of ranted there for a second but no you're fine it just adds to amazon taking over the world amazon just fine um let's see here I had a thought. You already said it. Oh, the GameStop 
thing. Oh, the GameStop thing? I want you to explain it to me because I don't understand it. Okay. So, I mean, I'm not... I've been watching some different videos on it, but it essentially... It's like a Reddit thing, right? Yeah. So, well, there's there's a Reddit page, and I mean, they're primarily Reddit users that have been coordinating it, but um, I believe the guy's name is Andrew Citron. Um, he's a member of like the Citron group, so I think it's his hedge fund that he manages. He took a short position against GameStop, and again... Sorry if I, I butcher this for the finance people out there, but essentially a short position is you're making a bet against a stock. Like you're betting that it's going to continue to fall ideally for your money until it becomes like insolvent and the company just like yeah. falls apart. Because GameStop has not been doing good, right? Well, GameStop hasn't been doing good for like a decade because with like I have an Xbox One sitting right there. On that and on this PC, I can just buy and download a game and have it be digitally, virtually downloaded onto whatever the console or the PC. And I don't have to go to like Walmart or GameStop to purchase it. Yeah. And that's the primary service that GameStop provides is providing those physical copies of disc. So their business model is basically obsolete. Now, he took that short position, which is a very reasonable, rational thing to do in the real world, and proceeded to make public statements regarding, you know, essentially it's trying to trash GameStop further to lower public perception of its worth, I guess, until it would become just totally crumbles and dissolves. And that's would pay out his short positions, betting against GameStop. Now, there were a bunch of different like day traders and smaller time guys who I mean, apparently did not like him bashing GameStop, potentially due to childhood nostalgia and things like that, and decided that, you know, if we pool our money together and we purchase shares of GameStop, as you buy more of it, it increases the market value and the price of that stock. So they started to buy that and the stock started to go up. And as the stock goes up, the guys who are betting against the stock to go, I mean, basically betting on the stock to go down in the short position are losing money because it's going the opposite way. They're losing on their bet. And the more the stock price climbs, the more and more and more they lose in that in that short position. So in order to counteract their short position that they have, they have to buy more of the actual stock to compensate their losses down here, which just causes the stock price to keep climbing and climbing and climbing. And then more people see it going on and they're like, oh, well, I'm gonna jump on this train. And that just exponentially just explodes. So a stock in a company that's basically obsolete now, which like a week or two ago was at like $4 a share, I think today it's went down to like 220 or something like that. But it, at one point it was at like 320, which is insane. And so you yeah. have all these different people that put like, I mean, there's one guy I was telling you guys earlier, he put like 50K, like his life savings, he put like 50K into like really, really early on into the market rush. And it ran it up to like $15 million. That's insane. So yeah. And there's a lot of the different wall street people are really upset because they're losing billions upon billions of dollars on their short positions that they had. Because mm. I mean, if you're, if you're shorting a position like $4 a share and it goes up to $320 a share, yeah. you're just getting gutted. Mm -hmm. So there's all these massive hedge funds that had this interest in these shorts and it's really not going their way. And so I think today it was Robinhood, which is the investing app on your phone. They, they stopped like they, they didn't let people buy shares really? anymore i think you can sell your position if you so choose which would only devalue the company more mm -hmm. but you can't buy anymore which is like really really shady and everybody's pretty yeah, up in arms say. about that but. yeah so but that's yeah. why there's like a bunch of 18 year olds in my tiktok like walking around like they're leonardo DiCaprio and wolf on wall street mm -hmm. yeah making making sales calls yeah moving their game stock 
That's GameStop actually hilarious. Stuff. I hope they make a movie about that. I don't know. Maybe Martin Scorsese can hop on it. But I was but just yeah. remembering, did you once cry tears of joy when you got the Black Ops on Christmas morning? Because mm. that's I, the GameStop I remember. I did. No. I'm trying to think of what I was screaming. It might have been that, but yeah, it was probably like when I got the new Xbox or something like that. It was probably I when vividly I was remember that. Huh? Yeah. It's a big day. Listen, or, Call, Call yeah, of Duty is sure. a big deal. So. It was a very big deal. Sometimes I cry when I About get video, video games. stuff. Yeah. Here's an interesting one, and I think I might say her name wrong, but Hilaria Baldwin, that scandal that was going around. Oh, was it Alec Baldwin's <laughs> wife that was Spanish but isn't actually Spanish or yeah. something like that? Oh my gosh. Well, that, and then I thought maybe we could segue into cancel culture and some thoughts on that. Just like she general cancel culture. Canced. Well, <laughs> it's it's so like this is maybe a more controversial thought, but the example of Alec Baldwin's wife pretending to be like a foreigner really highlights to me the <laughs> fact that like being a not white person in in this country like gives you so much more social cred and like people oh, absolutely are, and people are like oh my gosh you're so like spicy and foreign so <laughs> like spicy. it's so exciting i have a foreign friend like that kind of thing for sure and uh it's just if anything it's just like i i almost feel bad for her because a it's a dumb thing to do don't do that yeah. but b it's like obviously you're just going to get dragged on the internet for it and just roast it over and over again, which I, I guess you kind of deserve a little bit of it, but it's like, oh, you poor woman. Just, if, if you're white, just say you're white. <laughs> well, my question was, was that her tactic? Because she was like, I don't know much about her, but was she coming up when like it was like J-Lo, Shakira, super cool to be like... That's a good question. I really don't know. I don't know when sense. they got married and when she started the Hilaria like, persona. <laughs> I don't really know what that is, but... Um, but yeah, I think it just, again, it's cooler in this world to not be white. For sure. Gives you a little more, uh, street cred, I guess. But I think about also, but here's beyond that. Is she what? keeping up the act with Alec Baldwin, like behind the scenes? Or is she just like, she'd be like, como te llamas? Yo no sé. And then like in public. And then she, and then she like goes back to their house and is like, oh my gosh, I hate speaking Spanish like that. I'm like, oh, like whatever it is. And like has no accent anymore. That's a fantastic question. Yeah. But a better question is, is she just going to give it up now? Yeah, like <laughs> exactly. Like, is she just going to be like, fine, guys. I guess I'll just talk like an American. Or is she just going to be like, like double down? Like she just puts yeah. more, like she gets a ton of bronzer, like a heavy amount of bronzer yeah. she wears. And then she's just, like, speaking super broken, but, like, highly accented Spanglish, things like that. For sure. I didn't, I don't know a ton about this, but did she come out and was just like, yeah, I did that? I don't know. <laughs> but, like, imagine that, like, oh, gosh, imagine conducting a press conference and being like, yep, I'm just white. <laughs> like, imagine that discussion that but you have to have. I would world. have so much more respect for her if she did that. Yeah, I know. That would be fantastic. Just the ultimate eating crow in front of the world over something so stupid. Well, I guess she just didn't think that she could make it just being white. I don't know. It's just like, it's just such a dumb thing to lie about. It's just like, why? Yeah. Why would you do it? It's, it would be, I'm trying to think of something. It'd be like when you're young and you're trying to impress people. And so you kind of just like fib a dump story. And it yeah. doesn't even make sense to like fib the specific story with the details that you have. But you do it anyway because you're like, man, maybe if they believe this, they'll like let me into the group and think I'm cool. And it's something dumb like my mom 
is originally from like Peru or something. Like I don't even know. Something stupid. And people are like, why would you lie about that? And like you have to either just admit that it was stupid or just like double, triple, quadruple down and be like, no, you don't even get it. Like my mom actually is from Peru, bro. Like I'll get the I'll get the birth certificate, bro. Like it's just I don't know. So I know, and then you're just paranoid about it for the rest of the friendship. Yeah, then, then like, you're, they're gonna they're gonna figure it out. Your whole life is consumed by convincing the world that your mom actually is from Peru. Yeah, being like, oh yeah, I love this dish, anything Peruvian. I'm all about. My mom makes it at the house all the time. <laughs> you're like, no, my dad really was in Days and Confused. You don't <laughs> get it. No, no, he he was Matthew McConaughey's buddy in Days and Confused. You didn't know that, bro. <laughs> uh, I love like, seriously. School. Be cooler if you did, bro. He used to say it to me all the time. <laughs> That'd be great. Yes. Yeah, I think a lot about how I would never want to be, like, a social media influencer or celebrity mm. now. Because mm. any little move, you're just going to get destroyed. Well, but she didn't even make a little move. Hers was, I'm well, going to pretend yeah. that I'm a brown person from a different country. That's Maybe she had that coming a little bit. Maybe, I don't know. But in general, I think, uh, that's why I can't go on Twitter. Can't do it anymore. It's yeah. awful. It really is. I, I think the being famous now doesn't even really make sense to wish to achieve like why yeah. why be famous i don't know money but like you can you can be wealthy doing other things now too and now it's it, like it used to be famous it'd be like oh like you're in that movie and like you'd go out and people would be like wow it's this guy but now it's just there's so much public scrutiny and yeah. not only like oh like the la times wrote an article about me or something like that it's like there's like 800,000 mad people mm-hmm. on like a variety of social media sites being like you suck we hate you like blah 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 like all the yeah. time or like if you know if you say the wrong thing or you hold the wrong opinion or if you actually do just do something dumb or what have you or you get made into a meme yeah except I honestly would I prefer to be made, be made into a meme made if I could be made into a meme I'd be like that'd be splendid yeah yeah I talk about that a lot with mom where it's just like I don't think humans are supposed to be famous or celebrities no. it's not natural no, no. and it just i mean we can see it does something to people but like why i guess in a broader sense like think about somebody who's like ultra famous right think about like i don't know kardashians or like justin bieber or like just somebody that's like stupid famous where you just yeah. you can't be in public like why yeah. would you want that no i would not want that it? either like i love just being able to go do things by myself like like so much of my like daily normal activities would be like you know like i go out to eat by myself i, I go to movies by myself which sounds it's like just eating fast food alone in our cars no i'm not even saying that like i go to movies by myself like on a reg- like a pretty consistent regular basis and then yeah. i enjoy doing that and me not being able to go do my little daily routine of going to and fro and, and people being like oh my gosh it's that guy i gotta like take pictures of him mm-hmm. it'd be so like just gross like why why would For anyone sure. want that i think and being like c-list famous where there are like yeah. some people who kind of know who you are who are like cool and be like want to like dap you up and like maybe a, mm-hmm. every now and again somebody's like can i get a picture with you that might be kind of cool yeah but just that but level that of place just and you're always wanting more more fame maybe maybe or maybe you're just like yeah i'm cool with this yeah and I think, too, the issue is I think when you get really famous really young, you like these, I mean, again, Justin Bieber, all the Kardashian people, the TikTok. Selena Gomez. T- yeah, Selena. <laughs> all the TikTok influencer kids like that. So like, screwed. I mean, I'm 23 and a moron, an absolute moron. Yeah. But me at 18 was a, a 10 times stupider than I am now, which is hard to fathom. For but sure. it's the truth. So me at that age or younger being just handed like millions of people want to like touch your face and look at you. Yeah. How, 
how is any, that that's why no one's ever normal that's mm-hmm. why no one that's why like michael jackson used to have paid actors in grocery stores so he could walk through and feel normal as he would like buy groceries and people would be like hi how are you that. yeah it's a real thing you get to this point where you're just so famous that you're not even like a human being anymore. You don't know how to interact with people. And that's just, I don't think that's natural. It's weird no. to put like a single human being on a pedestal and be like, yeah. you're better than You're us not all. designed to be a god. Are you Jesus? Are you Jesus? No. Get like you. <laughs> yeah. So long story yeah. short, not that I should ever have this problem. I hope to not ever, ever, ever be famous. Yeah. Never. I think you're set. I think I'm set. No. Think that's bad. I think that, like, um, I know a lot of celebrities run into this all the time where they're like, I, what you're saying, I just want space. I don't mm-hmm. want, like, paparazzi stick. I think that's why they all moved house. to, like, Montana. They could sure. buy a big ranch to go to Montana. And then people will get mad at them and be like, well, you're famous. What's well, just your life. You need to accept it. You know? And that would be a lot. I'm obligated to look at you all the time. Like, okay. Yeah. It's just well. a sacrifice of privacy. Yeah. Absolutely. Speaking yeah. of memes, I don't really understand this one, but the whole... The Bernie Mitten thing that oh my invaded gosh, Facebook Mitten. for like three days. Yeah. Was it just that he showed up in he the, was at the inauguration, inauguration yeah. just looking like that? Yeah. Just just chilling in a launcher. Bernie I saw Sanders. some pretty good ones. Oh, there were a ton of good ones. There's like <laughs> I love when people embed memes within memes, like within memes. Yeah, yeah. Like where you're like three or four like memes deep in one meme. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly like meme inception. Especially if it's Fantastic. an Inception meme in there as well, and it's like four memes deep. Yeah. Then that's high-level things. Like something where you have to explain like eight years of internet history to somebody for them to yes. understand what the meme is. That's the best. There's nothing I love more than a meme that like references something that happened eight years ago or Harambe. like something that everyone can relate to from like third grade. Those yeah. are my favorite. Yeah. Like a lot of the SpongeBob. So like internet hall of fame that can always be referenced obviously so probably in this order spongebob <laughs> harambe and like maybe yeah. the john cena stuff where like everybody pretends that you they can't see john cena hilarious sure. it's oh, been fantastic. going on it's been going on for like over a decade still yeah. going strong love it but like the we take bikini bottom <laughs> and we push it over there like that kind of Just stuff so great yeah like you can always have, you can always find memes about that, or like the one where Patrick and SpongeBob are running, and Sandy's got the lasso behind them, and it's like, ah, like yeah. there's just so many. I also have to throw Star Wars in there. Like you lump a Star Wars meme in there too. It's just, I feel like that's my whole feed. That's all I see is like SpongeBob, Star Wars, John Cena, like Harambe references, and then the trendy one of the day. So like a Bernie Sanders one, yeah. or or nine thousand Bernie Sanders ones. So like many. Like I never get tired of it. No, like it always catches me off guard. It's like one of those jokes where like if somebody says. It's like when you go on a, a friend's trip for a couple of days or something like that, and somebody mm-hmm. has like the reoccurring running joke yes. that's funny for like an hour, and then it gets super annoying, and then yeah. eventually, it, and it's just so overdone, but eventually somebody hits it just right, and it's yeah. hilarious for a second. Like the friend joke with obviously me and my friends, as you know, this is like your mom, blah 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 blah. Like somebody says something that's yeah. totally not related to like a your mom joke, and you just say it over and over again, and it's stupid. But eventually, it's just like casting a wide enough net if you attach enough basic phrases to it you eventually get something that's just like a like boom roasted your mom joke and everybody laughs that's hilarious for sure your mom jokes are never not funny yeah but like you, when you say them i know what you're ironically, saying it's just like your mom and you're like oh yeah yeah exactly that's exactly. the best though it is the best because eventually one hits just right and it's like game over I was thinking you need to sit down and just have an entire episode dedicated to the inside jokes 
with like <sighs> you and your friends and your family because you probably everyone don't would hate understand that. most of what you're saying. Yeah, everyone would hate that. It'd be like that Michael Scott thing where it's like, I love inside jokes. Hope to be a part of one someday. Yeah. It'd be like an entire episode where it's just that. Most of our family's dialogue is just inside jokes from mm-hmm. 12 years ago. The whole thing. Just movie references to like The Incredibles and things like that. The it's Grinch. Just Shrek. movies that we've watched 31,000 times in the back of the minivan. <laughs> dinner with myself i can't keep canceling that we love it or could you just not be yourself for five minutes like that Shrek kind of stuff is so great yeah i love it yeah yeah i love the evolution of memes like remember memes in like 2010 when it was just mm-hmm. like when you forget to do your homework mm-hmm. and, and now, now it's memes, are, memes like... are like their own language and I love it. I think I could effectively communicate with someone who doesn't speak the same language as me through memes. Like memes, that Hilarious might be the future. Baldwin. Yeah, <laughs> Baldwin, yeah. I mean, like, that might be the future. Like, the global language is just everybody can just, like, pull up something on their phone and turn it and so be like, huh. and, like, that'll just be what it is. If we start communicating with aliens, like, yeah. they think that math is the universal language, but it's, <laughs> it's just memes. memes. Yeah. It's like, uh, is it Close Encounters of the Third Kind? Is that that movie What's where that they... What's that one? with Richard Dreyfuss. Oh, is that the one aliens? with, like, the mountain? Or yeah, the, they go to the, the mountain, desert. and it's, like, it's like, the, it's like music and, like, one. the colors and stuff. Yeah. But it's just people holding up pictures of memes to the aliens. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. That's so great. That's a sketch right there. Not that I make sketches, but that'd be a hell of a sketch. I've heard a lot of people talk about how, like, aliens are going to be the next thing that's going to happen this year. And I'm kind of ready for it. Who is it? Isn't it Joe Rogan that talks about aliens all the time? Oh, yeah. Rogan loves his aliens. Well, the real question is what kind of aliens are they? Is it like Independence Day? Here's the thing. Is it like fire in the sky? Mom said this a while ago. I hope it's not that because both of those things freak me out. Yeah. But she said that she thinks that aliens are already amongst us and Mm. they're just going to make themselves appear. And I believe that. Like, I don't think it's yeah. going to be, like, this whole, like, there's a ship hovering above the Earth, and now they're here. What about, like, signs? That's pretty good. That was more of, like, a predator, I guess. I, I guess do, predator's worse, I though. I freaking love that movie. Signs or the predator? Signs. Yeah. It's so good. It's a, on a, it's a fantastic movie. I love a man's conflict within himself. Yes, sure. And Mel there's Gibson so plays lines. that well. There's so many great the scene where they're bored, they're they're eating like their last dinner in the house. Oh, they have the house. So good. Well, it's like an emotional scene, obviously, but like they have everything boarded up, and then you hear the dogs barking yeah, outside, and then just and then they break <laughs> the dogs' necks, but you don't see, you just hear it, and then you hear like the like the walking on the yeah. porch is like they're coming up, and you can kind of see some little slits in the boards on the windows, like the figures passing by, and then they they go through the the main hallway and they're getting down to the basement. And I, I forget who it, it's like picking up Rory Culkin. I think it's and he sees. The hand coming off through under the door with yes. like the green fingers. Oh my gosh. It's so good. It gives me goosebumps. Well, that's the key to a good horror movie is just building that suspense. Suspense. And that movie did it so good. It's like the scene where um, the guy's like, I locked one in my pantry and you see it through the uh-huh, knife. And he's got to chop the like, fingers off under the Whoa. door. Yeah. It's so good. But then the ending is so wholesome too. Because oh, it's, so like, it's like him like refining his faith. But then it's, you know, like the swing away, Meryl. Swing away. Yeah, oh, so exactly. Good. Well, I love anything in life but especially in a movie where there's a moment where it just all comes together mm-hmm. so perfectly that's why Shyamalan's like, so good uh, I actually I can't say that there's a number of Shyamalan movies that are, that are like really not good but it's also yeah. a couple that you're like yes well, there's that one The Village and then I remember that and he didn't do no Sixth Sense he did not do that yeah he did Sixth Sense oh he did yeah. okay so there's yeah. that 
But then, what was the ones that we we watched it a while ago? Where it's like the supervillains. Oh, so there's um Unbreakable, which is the yeah. one with. Or I was no, that's it's Unbreakable. That's Bruce, that's Bruce Willis and Samuel Jackson, sure. and then there's Split, which is the. Oh, he's the Scottish guy. But anyway, they had that, which was split, and that all happens like the same universe. And then it was Glass was the movie they all come together, which was also very good. I liked you all three of those. So? I watched them, and I mean, they weren't bad, but like in no way did they compare to some of his earlier work. Okay. Well, the scene in Unbreakable, you watched that one, right? The one that's I made like... I watched it in like a film class. Okay. But there's a scene in that movie where his son is convinced that he's a superhero. And obviously, most of the movie that Bruce Willis is in, like, denial. He just kind of, like, yeah, keeps finding weird. ways to, like pass off the fact that he has these kind of special abilities and he never gets hurt and things like that but the scene where they're in the kitchen and mm-hmm. his son has the gun and he's like got it pointed at him yeah and he's like good. he's like i know he's like i know you are and like there's obviously so much suspense because you're like is he actually going to shoot him and it's like they're all like in tears that always gets me that kind of scene anything to yeah. do with kids usually in movies like gets For me sure. all like misty-eyed but i remember watching that and feeling like maybe your child needs more help and they just kind of like let maybe. it slide under the rug <laughs> maybe. yeah but i know i know what you're saying that's why sixth sense is so good mm-hmm. so good mm-hmm. yep that's i've true. tried to watch the sixth sense with like three different women and they that's never like want to watch it weird... <laughs> i know i know it is but it's like always on netflix i'm like oh it's such a great movie and like do you want to watch it and we get like 20 minutes in and it's kind of a slow movie obviously it yeah. kind of builds to the end but, like, they're always like, oh, and, you know, they're my age, and so people are our age usually haven't seen movies before. They don't even know what they are. And so, anyway, y- like, we kind of get into it, and I'm like, you have to just wait till the end. Like, there's a whole thing at the end. And they're like, I just don't really want to. I just want to, like, watch TikTok on my phone. <laughs> and you're like, all right, fine. You know what? Bruce Willis was dead the whole time. That was the whole point. That was the whole point of the movie. And they're like, oh, I wish I would have watched that. And you're like, yep, I know. You know what? That just means they're not the ones. Uh, obviously not. Obviously. obviously not. The one will watch that movie with you. Yeah. It's like um, Ty and Alicia, I think, were watching Lost and Kostia, who's Ty's former roommate, who's awesome and this giant, giant Russian dude. Yeah. He goes, oh, you know, they're in purgatory, right? Like on like the fifth episode. And they're yeah. like, okay, well. <laughs> Honestly, after the first season, it's not even that great. But. True. For sure. There's only so many shows that end in the time that they need to end. And mm-hmm. a show that I actually think did really well with that is Schitt's Creek, which we watched yeah. all of in like a month and a half. Devered. Devered. We loved it. And that I show like that. ended. I mean, the whole thing was so good. There was never a yeah. season that was like, oh, this isn't that great. Like most shows probably have like four to five like good prime seasons. And Absolutely. then after that, you're just like milking references to earlier in the show. It's pretty yeah, much what that it is. And just trying to soak all the money out of it. Yeah, which Walking, I Walking Dead did that. Like, yeah. So, like, The Walking Dead could have been done after like probably after like the first Negan season they could have like wrapped up the Negan villain because like Negan was really good and the se- and the the finale I can't remember what season it is where Negan kills like Glenn and uh oh Abraham aka Ginger Stash where like they like that scene I remember watching that and that was like a big deal in pop culture for like a mm-hmm. week it was like did you see that Walking Dead episode where they killed off like our favorite characters with a baseball bat wrapped in barbed wire and yeah. you're like you're like I did see that didn't see that coming it was like a shocking episode it was fun fun in the sense that like it was emotionally like hurtful and hurt to watch but they could have wrapped everything up but they kept just extending it and it was like you could see actors would magically die that were like a big part of the show and they'd be like yeah i just didn't want to be on the show anymore i asked them like kill me off and it's just it's so much it's like it drags it drags and it's like hey let it die it's okay it's fun it's fun it's own little standalone thing you don't have to just keep squeezing that milk out of this just let it go 
I think a lot of shows do that. Well, obviously, we know that I've watched all of One Tree Hill like 12 mm, times yeah. through. And that show was great for like five seasons. And then Chad Michael Murray decided that he wanted to leave. But mm. they were like, we're not done making this. Nothing, Chad Michael Murray. I know. He was like, when they're John Montreal. I got to go do other things with my time. And then they still made like three seasons and they were all horrible. He needed to go make another show about being in high school. I know. Or so. The Office. That's another good example. Yeah. Pretty much Should've after Michael it. left. Yeah. It Pretty much after Michael left. Yeah. Still, listen, still liked it. But not nearly as good as it was. Have you seen all those memes that's like Dwight carrying the entire mm-hmm. last three seasons of The Office on his back? Yeah. Never yeah. get old. Yeah. Yeah, I just, I never really liked Andy that much. And the fact that Andy was such a central part of the final seasons and like being the manager and stuff, I just couldn't do it. it was really he was on the path to have such good character development. And then for some reason in the last like uh-huh. season or two, they were like, we're just going to make him the biggest dick possible. Yeah. And I don't know why they did that. Yeah, I d- he went from him being like a lovable goofball to like just kind of a dick. Yeah, for sure. I which, don't know why. which that's like the the line like the Michael Scott character is both of those things. Mm-hmm. Like he's kind of a dick in that he's like not socially aware of himself. Yeah. But like that combination of like not being considerate of others and wanting and desperately needing like attention and to be loved. Yeah. But also being stupid, all just kind of melds into like the michael scott character which mm-hmm. is so fun and goofy and iconic well they did that character so well because like you're saying they would like make him horrible and there's moments like scott's tots <laughs> scott's where you're tots. like i literally <coughs> want to kill myself <coughs> right now yeah. but then there's other moments where like he goes to pam's art show and you're like oh, oh i love him yes. you know and that's yes. how they did it but yeah andy for sure did not have mm-hmm. that no at not all. at all not i at know all. it's just like ed helps you know I know. Things. It's like you did Which the they, hangover. Yeah, they got into a tough spot because Ed Helms started to get famous in the middle of the office with the hangover and other movies. I know. And then they're like, well, he can't just be like an eighth supporting character on mm-hmm. this. Like, he's kind of actually. You got to have a more prominent role. But, um, but yeah. Anywho. You yeah, got any more topics? What's your other ones you got? Let me see here. You want political? Whatever you cultural. got. Cultural. Do you have them organized into different categories? No, I was just at work and I was writing these down. Oh, okay. Let's see. We're both in a new semester of college. We both hate our lives. Yeah, my my semester is not very exciting. Neither is mine. Yeah. School is not never exciting. Um, let's see. All the pipeline jobs and the oil things. Yeah. I mean, I shouldn't say don't care because it negatively <laughs> affected a lot I of people. I don't care that 11,000 people <laughs> lost their jobs. Yeah, I mean, I, I just don't have like a, a ton of knowledge on the Keystone Pipeline. I know that people get upset about it, but I, yeah, I don't know. I did my own research on it, that, and then the Iran deal. Iran. Because I had never known what it was actually about. I thought it the was Iran about The Iran deal is oil. about, well, the, uh, no, the, the Iran deal is about uh, the Iranian nuclear program. And yeah. during the Obama administration, they came to a, a deal that many people, myself included, are critical of, where they we're kind of having like a phased approach to allowing the Iranians to have a nuclear energy program, essentially to have like renewable big, but everybody understands that it's not about energy, it's about having nukes. And they kind of created this like phased approach where they have this scanty verification system where you have to give them a bunch of notice before you come in and investigate their sites. And there are some sites that you like can't go look into and the Trump administration was basically like, yeah, we're just not going to let you have nukes and we're going to put sanctions on your country and we're not going to like really we're just going to kind of try to strangle out the Iranians yeah. because they're, you know, not 
a great regime. I mean, as there are a lot of not great regimes, but but yeah, and so the Iran deal is yeah. I mean, it was it was an Obama baby, and Biden obviously was his VP, so they're getting back into it. But yeah, I was reading about it, and I was like, is that for real? Mm -hmm. That's kind of wild. We're kind of just gonna let the Iranians have nukes in the Middle East. So I think it's interesting trying to research something now, or even just researching something for school, because everything on the internet is so filtered. Mm Mm-hmm. That you're like, I just want the real information. <laughs> yeah, it's hard to find. It's so hard to find. Yeah, it's kind of like you just have to read a bunch of different sources that have their own jaded, biased takes on it. And then you have to try to wade through it and find your yeah. own little middle ground, which is weird. But, I mean, usually the AP and Reuters is usually pretty good. I mean, they're they're not bad. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, I don't know. It's almost like you got to listen to, like, Alex Jones talk about it. And you got to listen to, like, Don Lemon talk about it. And then, like, Ben Shapiro, and then, like, Chris Cuomo, and then Rachel Maddow, and then it's, like, somewhere in the middle of that is, like, probably yeah. truth, so. Absolutely. Yeah. It was interesting to learn about. Learning. Um, the other thing I had written down was the one-year anniversary of Kobe's death mm. and his daughter, which was sort of the beginning of 2020's oh. tragedy. That was the beginning of, like, when everything fell apart. Yeah, yeah Kobe died, sure. and then the world just, like, completely went to, went to hell, but... Absolutely. No, I remember that day. It was weird. It's a day that I like remember. It was so weird, and then the internet freaked out about it for like a week and a half. It was like the only thing anywhere. Yeah. Well, I remember. Um, I can't remember like when I heard. Oh, excuse me. I don't know if I remember that day, but I do remember the the funeral at the Staples Center. Like when they had like I think it was the, the celebration of life is what it was called. For sure. And I remember I was at Brody Hall eating lunch and like watching it on the TV. It was just a sad day. Like like Michael Jordan's crying and, and Shaq was kind of trying to keep it together and and is I mean it was cool to see like essentially the entire basketball world came together and all like the current and former players were all there and yeah and it was like when his wife got up and she gave her little speech about mm-hmm. I mean it just didn't feel real. That was what was so weird. Yeah, about which it. is so strange because I didn't have like a super deep connection to Kobe. Like I, you know, it was like it was Kobe Bryant. Like he's. I, yeah. I was a basketball fan. I, I watched basketball and stuff, but I think if he had just died, it would have been like you know, like really sad and tragic. But the fact that his little, his like teenage yeah. daughter also died, and like that families that were in there too, like that just made it just so like, oh. I know, and it was so strange. Yeah, it's like, like it's like, it. oh, you guys are just in a helicopter. Like it was just like foggy, and you guys crashed in like a mountain or something like that. that like weird. it's just, I don't know. It's just, yeah. It, was it definitely weird. didn't feel real. No. I no, thought no, no. it was interesting that i feel like kobe for a while had been kind of like because eh, he had like some scandals and stuff oh and he was always a scandal ridden guy i mean he, he definitely died, everyone, those. it's like that meme that's like at your funeral and everyone's like they were a stand-up citizen everyone loved them <laughs> they were my favorite person ever yeah, yeah no i mean listen i mean kobe had a lot of issues in life and was kind of known for being a i mean not 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 at the end of his career but and then his exchanges, and I know that you're not a basketball fan, but, like, in the beginning to middle of his career, he and Shaq won three championships in a row with the Lakers, and then their relationship kind of deteriorated, and Shaq went to the Heat, and then Kobe was on the Lakers by himself for a number of years, and they struggled, and he was known as kind of being a ball hog, and, mm-hmm. you know, still very good, but then he had, like, the rape allegations, and you know things like that and and he was always known for just being like this hyper aggressive like psychopathic competitor type of dude like i mean that's what makes people insanely good at things obviously but like like a second coming of michael jordan mentality kind of thing 
which obviously you watched The Last Dance and you know that Michael Jordan, loved, you loved The Last Dance. I watched it twice. He was in that, wasn't he? Kobe? Kobe? Uh, I feel like they had interviewed him a little bit. Maybe. They might have had like some old clips of Kobe talking oh, yeah, about Michael probably Jordan, probably. But, um. Well, I mean, that's what the biggest takeaway was from The Last Dance was that if you want to be that successful, you have to be basically insane. Yeah, you have to just like not be able to sleep at night when you lose at like a game of tic-tac-toe. For like sure. That. It was crazy yeah. to watch that. Mm-hmm. It's on Netflix. It's fantastic. I think probably everybody's watched it. I think it's like one of those things that was everyone's seen. But I tried seen. to like strike up conversations with people about it, and they're like, I've never watched it. Oh, well, I guess they're missing out. Yeah, yeah, you don't have to be a basketball fan to love that documentary. It's so interesting. No, it's got all that tea in it. It's got that tea. It's great. Tea. That piping tea. Hot piping tea. For sure. Yeah, what else you got well, I didn't expect Good all of this. If you're out of stuff, we can wrap it up. It's whatever you want. Um, I have Trump's impeachment, which I think is ironic and a complete waste of time and energy. Yeah, I mean, it's not a not going to happen, but b even if it did happen, know, he would just start like, like a third party and run as that. Let it die and let the man let play it golf die, in Florida. Let it die. Let it shrivel up and die. That's what needs to happen. There's bigger yeah. issues. Yeah. Um, Kim and Kanye's alleged divorce. Isn't he gay with that one dude? No, the guy was, was came, that a joke? It was a joke because the guy came out because they both live in Wyoming and he was like, "That's not oh. at all right." Wasn't that dude like teasing it for a while though? Like oh, really, absolutely. really, really milking that. Yeah, just eat it up. Like maybe I am gay with Kanye. Hmm. Yeah. I don't know if that's how he talks, but you know, whatever it is. No. Is he a he? Is he identify as a not he? I don't want to get canceled. I don't really know. Well, I've already said he like eight times, so I've probably already got canceled. I think it is. A, that's. I, I mean, biologically, I've looked at that person, and I'm fairly confident that they have male genitalia, but I don't know if they're actually, like, I identify as a male. I just avoid pronouns in general when I don't thems. know. The thems. What does thems think? I never know. But yeah. I know that they're for sure not together. And for a while, I thought, like, oh, they're not actually getting divorced. But since neither of them have come out and been like, we're not actually doing that. I couldn't imagine spending significant amounts of time with either of those people. Could you imagine being around Kanye West every day? Could you imagine that? No, but when you're both so famous and the entire world thinks that you're, like, the best thing ever, I'm sure you get really conceited. And it's (laughs) hard for two people to be that conceited and marry each other. That's true. I mean... I guess imagine like if Kardashian marrying just like some dude that is a carpenter from Nebraska. I guess it yeah. wouldn't really make sense. But I don't know. Like what do they even like talk about or do? I guess I don't watch the Kardashian show. So do they like interact socially with each other? Or how does I, that work? I watched the Kardashian show like a little bit. And I always thought like they can't be like that. Like how everyone makes them out to be. But it's literally them just being like I ordered a salad and I'm going to go into my office later like it's just it's really really cringy but from what i've heard how do people they don't watch even that like how really is that entertaining together? for people i don't know just to see i mean maybe it's like the allure of the hyper rich or something like that but i d- yeah i think it's hard for people to imagine having that much success and money i don't know if you can call it success but they have a lot of money well i mean if success is determined by like instagram followers but i guess yeah from what i've heard kanye is mostly in wyoming and kim is in la He's just so making they don't fat even beats re- up in the mountains. Yeah, which could Living the life him, of Pablo. Honestly. Did he yeah. go on Joe Rogan? Yeah, I didn't even watch it. I didn't Mom even listen did. to the episode. Yeah. 
Because I know for a while he said that he wasn't going to have him on because... He well, no, like... I thought for a couple of years he was saying, like, he's going to get him on. He's trying to get him on. But Kanye is oh, really? a crazy person. But, yeah, I didn't listen to it. But from what I heard, it was literally just, like, splintered thought after splintered thought. Like, just incoherent rambling for, like, four hours. Which is what oh. you would expect. Yeah. And what I expected and kind of why I didn't listen to it. But it was just, like... I think for hyper creative people to also be like pretty normal and like I can just like talk and have a conversation with you probably doesn't happen. Similar to Elon. Like when Elon's talking, just yeah. like crazy genius man. It's like it doesn't always flow very well. For sure. He's an interesting guy. I always loved I watched like the seventy three questions of Vogue with like him and Kanye and all the kids were there. Really? And then it got turned into a meme. But the interviewer was talking to Kanye and he goes, What's the best part of being a dad? And then Kanye goes, The kids. <laughs> 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 and i was like i love him yeah i just have you ever watched the hurricane katrina thing with him and mike myers where they're doing the benefit i don't think so okay hold on i'm gonna see if i can pull this up because it is one of the funniest videos on the internet and i whenever i try to talk to people about it, it's like they don't know what it is so let me pull this up he goes on this just it's like a benefit like donate to like the red american red cross here and it's mike myers and Kanye and he goes on this tangent about how like George Bush doesn't like black people and stuff like that and and Mike Myers is standing there like like he just wants to die and it's happening yeah. live hold on oh Kanye that kind of does sound fantastic actually hold on here protecting new orleans the landscape of the city has changed oh, dramatically tragically and perhaps irreversibly there's now over 25 feet of water where there was once city streets and thriving neighborhoods i hate the way they betray us in the media if you see a black family it says they're looting you see a white family it says they're looking for food and you know it's been five days because most of the people are black and even for me to complain about, I would be a hypocrite because I've tried to turn away from the teacher TV because if it's only too you hard can to see watch. Mike I've even been shopping before even giving a donation. So now I'm calling my business manager right now to see Mike what's, Myers what is, is like trying to like, mm, like, like give and, like and a nice like, yeah, you're doing it. But has just reserved himself to just staring straight ahead. Anybody out there that wants to do anything that we can help with with the setup, the way America is set up to help the the poor the the black people the uh the less well off as slow as possible i mean this is red cross is doing everything they can we, we already Amen, realize honestly. a lot of the people that could help are at war on, right coming. now fighting another way and they, they they've given them permission to go down and shoot us oh and subtle it just starts itching his face and like falls into the next segment. The destruction hold of the spirit on, of the people of southern Louisiana and Mississippi may end up being the most tragic loss of all. George Bush doesn't care about black people. Okay. Yeah. And there it is. Please call. Do you think and they, they just cut it off. And it goes to Arsenio Hall. And then Mike Myers literally just like four times that segment just goes and just like has this big like I wish I were not in this hemisphere of the earth. I wonder what yeah. the conversation was as soon as they got off like that stage or whatever. If they were just like, what happened? Taylor, Taylor, I'm, I'm going to let you finish. It's probably just that. <laughs> just that? And then he just, just got that. in his private jet and yeah. left. Yeah. And I love probably. him for it. Yep. Yep. Probably. And started hanging out with his kids and naming them different directions and about like, I don't know, stones. What are the cool, don't they have like, was it? How many? I was going to ask you. 
How many kids do they have and how old are the How names many again? names do you know? Isn't there North and West? Or no, it's Northwest is yeah, the one kid. That was the first one. And then it's um Don't it's they have another one that's that like a direction? Them. No. But they're all strange. Okay. La- so just lay them out, lay them out. North Chicago. <laughs> they did they named one of their kids Chicago? Yeah, they call her Chai. Oh my gosh. Crap, what's the the boy's name? Because there's two more girl there's a girl and there's a boy. Saint. Saint West? Yes. And then there's another girl. Kincaid kids. Kincaid kids. There's four. Psalm. Like P S A L M? Yes. Psalm West. Okay. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, all listen. All their kids have real strange names. Here's the thing. <laughs> Kanye obviously is, is a so much fun to like just watch being a crazy person, and he is yeah. a crazy person. But also, I mean, his there's, there's so much of his music is is really great. Like, I really like love a yeah. lot of especially the older stuff, like the uh, oh, I forget the name of the album, but the one with like the bear head and stuff like that. It's great. For sure. Great, great stuff. No, he knows what he's doing. I mean every single basketball tournament i ever played in growing up had like stronger as like the main song we'd be playing yeah so i'm kind of sick of that song well have you seen that like all he does now is like he just got a giant group of people together and they just host like sunday choir in the middle of a meadow and it's just all of them singing i mean good for them i guess they're doing church and stuff like like kim snapchatting it could you imagine though if you're like so imagine i come to you one day and i'm like hey would you like to sing in a choir with me in a meadow in the mountains with Kanye? I'd be like, heck yeah. I mean, obviously you Give would say yes. Give me some white linen robes. But imagine, yeah. Be like, do we have to provide our own linen robes that we're going to wear there? Imagine, like, does he start, like, what do they, do they sing church songs? Does, he, does yeah. he just sing like, hold on, hold on. Does he just sing like this? You can find videos of it. Is he just doing this in the mountains with, like, robes? It's about the Lord, but it's like... It's about the Lord. But I don't know. It's a little more Kanye. It's just like Amazing Grace, but then he just starts freestyling. Is that what it is? Yeah, like yeah. that's a perfect description of it, honestly. <laughs> and then it's just like Kim, like. It's just Kim doing duck face and like sticking everything out, like while it's happening in the background. <laughs> yeah, like I'm oh proud of my him. Gosh. That's my man. And you love him, and then their kids are just like, yeah. Their kids are like, my name is Saint, <laughs> and mine is Chicago. Like. Oof. Yeah. Yeah. My dad just gave me finish. Okay, shoot. No, but yeah, no. I think uh, Rob is the real star of that family, though. Yeah. People forget about Rob Kardashian. Yeah. Yeah. What's it? Wasn't the Rob Kardashian thing? The like, how could we afford that? The yoga thing. No, you're thinking of Scott. Oh, Scott. Scott's the one. Okay, yeah. What is his Instagram? Something that's like. The Lord Disick. The Lord Disick? He calls himself the Lord. Oh, his last name is Scott Disick? Is that what we're? Okay. The he's Lord. the best, for sure. That's a certain level of fame. And that... he's dating Lionel Richie's daughter, or at least he was. Okay. When you said Lionel Richie's daughter, I thought, like, the Zoe Kravitz, but that's no. not Lionel Richie's daughter. Well, I guess good for him. I know. I he do love Lionel Richie. He me up. He's the... Oh, How night, are we ever going to afford this? Oh, night. Oh, night. Yeah. Great album that we also had in the White Buick. Mm-hmm. Dude, I love Lionel Richie. We listen to Lionel Richie every day. Who does that? But anywho, you got any more subjects? Any more topics to discuss? I don't 
think so. Jude, do you have anything to throw at us? I had Super Bowl written down because I know that that's a thing that happens, but I don't well, know next any week. much about it. It happens next weekend, and we'll talk about we'll have some shows about that next oh, week. Well, I guess. We can talk about current esports events because you also put that in your description. Yeah, I can't really think of any esports events, so I'm all good. Like snowboarding? No, no current esports events. At What's all? the esport event that you want to talk about? <laughs> oh yeah, no, I don't. That's not okay. I don't think that our pod base right now is really super into Rainbow Six Siege, bro. Even though, much respect. Maybe we can get gay flying to like Macy J or one of those guys on eventually. That'd be Definitely, great. for sure. But anywho, thank you everybody for tuning in again. This is SOS number six. 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 Yep. No, seven. seven. I think it's a number. It's a number of shows. Maybe it is seven. Maybe it is. Seven, Who knows? No, it is yeah. seven. I said that in the beginning. Okay. Seven. Lucky number seven. Anyway, thanks for tuning in, everybody. We appreciate it. Um, and honestly, we hope to do some more shows with, with some uh, current events, goodies in here too, because I've been getting complaints from the women in my life that they don't understand the sports stuff that we've been no. talking about. So maybe we'll work in some other fun things like this a little more often. Thank you so much for listening, and uh, we're out of here. Deuces.